This is exactly right. Scotty, you ready? Ooh, yes, I am ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. The first nudes ever sent from 1828. Ooh, I can barely contain myself. Let's get uh, <laughs> into it on oh, this brand new Bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoller. I am Banana Boy, number two, Scotty Landis, live from Los Angeles to tape. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. We're glad to have all of you. Uh, and we're excited to see you if you live in Portland. Uh, April mm-hmm. 15th, the Banana Boys will be doing a 4.30 p.m. show at Helium Comedy Club. And of course... After the show, stick around and watch my stand-up shows at 7 and 9.30 at the same exact place, folks. What place? Helium, Helium Comedy. Helium Comedy Club in Portland, Oregon. And if you want to come to, and we want, if you want us to come to your town, tell us where we should come. Send us a DM and DM your strange news to The Bananas Podcast uh, uh, on Instagram or at gmail.com. We know what it is. We set it up. We know what <laughs> our social media and our email is. I'm going to stick around for Kurt's later show. We started this podcast so Kurt could announce his stand-up dates, and it turned into a totally bigger thing. So come on out. I'll be eating chicken fingers during Kurt's show. It's going to be wonderful. All right. Here you go. I want to bring out our guest, Scotty. I do even more. I'm pumped. Our guest today is a stupendous comedian, author, and frequent storyteller on The Moth. You might have heard her as the host of NPR's Ask Me Another or Mm -hmm. seen her new comedy special, Plant-Based Jokes. She's got a brand new podcast out, which I was just on, and it's very fun, called Parenting is a Joke. And you can get tickets right now for her new stage show, Leaving a Mark, a comedy about scars. Please welcome Ophira Eisenberg. Hello. Hello. I, uh, as I hear my credits all together, I'm like, wow, I really use the same naming convention for everything. <laughs> but that's good. Now, now you'll make the adjustment moving forward. 2023 is going to be a big year for you. It's like you an email specify. mask. You have to specify that jokes are involved. <laughs> it is true, though. It is true. <laughs> Always I, a good sign. I, this is going to be funny. Yeah, I did say to someone, I did say to someone, I was like, I don't want to do a title that has the word comedy in it. And they were like, have you ever looked at a title? Put put comedy right in it. Don't, don't leave it up for, for grabs. So I was like, good. Oh, God. Okay. Well, that is exciting. <laughs> uh, does this mean... Are t- you have scars? You have scars all over? Is this oh, a thing? yeah. No, yeah, real scars. I mean, there's lots of emotional scars. That's like a whole other I thing. See. But no, I have actual <laughs> I have actual scars. I've got uh I've got ones all over my body. I think the sure. the only one we are in a zoom. So for your audio listeners, they won't really see this, but there's a little one on the tip of my finger. Adorable. That was, that was my first card. That's from sticking my finger in a meat grinder. Wow. Oh, well, that would do it. Yeah. In Canada? <laughs> 
in Canada. A Canadian yeah, at home. meat grinder? <laughs> I know. You would think they would be so much more polite. That's you right. No, nope, they just wow. chop up the finger like just a standard old American one. Did you you just have a meat grinder at home or was that part of your parents' uh, job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It does. Say, what you didn't have a meat grinder at home is what you're I saying. Not, I did not. No. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my mother very old fashioned. Also, I'm the youngest of six. There was a lot of stuff that would just sort of predated my life. Absolutely. But, but there was lots of mouths to feed. She made everything from scratch, and so my dad every winter would buy a side of beef because it was very cheap to buy. <laughs> wow. Half a That's cow. Cool. Yeah, Alberta. I grew up in Alberta. So this is and then, you know, you get steaks and a roast and stew meat and then nothing went away. So whatever was left over was ground into ground beef in a meat grinder that would suction on to the kitchen counter. countertop. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So that meant at your house, there was a room that <laughs> a could sustain a side of beef like on hooks i'm assuming and then someone would your i guess i'm assuming your father maybe your mother would go in with knives and just cut pieces of meat off of a side of beef well they would cut it in these oh, they would huge, break it up <laughs> they, would, they would break it up but there would still be these huge like yeah there would be like and it, the, we had a we had a second fridge in the garage yeah Class. Yeah. That's classic. Yeah, yeah that's right? a signature move. <laughs> See, Canadians <laughs> are just like Americans, <laughs> except for the side of beef in the garage. <laughs> I feel like, did you ever hear of Linda Skeens? A woman named Linda Skeens? Linda Skeens? No. She went viral last year. We covered her on bananas. She was there was a, a, a county fair or state fair in Virginia. And it w- there was like a baking category for like winning prizes, and this w- this anonymous woman named Linda Skeens won twenty five blue ribbons. It was something like that, and nobody knew who she was, and it went super viral because it was like every type of it was like cake, cookies. Uh, pumpkin pie chili cakes yeah and she just dominated and they figured her out and then a couple places gave her like cooking sponsorships but if you're ever bored check out oh, some wow. Linda Skeen's content because she was she just makes it all she's the best and she was one person she wasn't like Shakespeare yes. like secretly a team of people <laughs> one person who like cooking for her husband or baking for her husband and just cranked out award winning oh, recipe one after the next Linda Skeens S-K-E-E-N-S she's like an official mascot our, our matriarch of yes. bananas <laughs> mm. I like that we're jumping right in that you're going on the side of the conspiracy theory that Shakespeare was a team of people <laughs> <laughs> a hotly debated high school issue. Probably true. I will say that uh, I, I and I feel strongly like it's possible, but um, I have said that before because it's what I believe is strongly possible, and people yeah. get very angry. I had no because, idea that this oh, was. Yeah, I understand it because people want to believe in like a superhero. Yeah. And Shakespeare is the closest thing you have to a literary Superman, right? Right. Because he, yep. he it's the writing is so incredibly good. I mean, Stephen and so King much of it proves it's possible. Stephen King cranks out so many novels and short stories. It's actually like bewildering because I'll read one and then I'll get an announcement from my agents that are like, hey, these books are coming out. Any interest in developing? And there's always like two Stephen King books and it's really him. He doesn't have a team. He's just no, a weirdo. True. You're just typing away, drinking green tea all day. Wow. Right. Yeah. I, did you 
read his book on writing. Of course. I love one it. of the best. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I will admit that once we get to the second half of it where it's like a lot on commas and grammar, I was like, eh, I want to go back to the stories <laughs> where you're guzzling a mouthwash trying to pretend you're not an yeah. alcoholic. Doing bulk laundry and just letting chemicals seep into your hands and then like doing blow. And you're like, yeah, I bet you don't remember writing Cujo. I understand why. I think I, I think I read Cujo when I was 13 years old. It's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I And I remember just being like, the, oh, there's a lot of sex in this dog book. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, did you, do you remember where you bought it or was that like a library book? Oh, no. My mom loved uh, like anything grisly. So if it was like true crime, she loved true huh. crime. Then this was I before true that. crime was big. Yeah. Anything grisly she would read. So she would read these like, like uh, almost the romance romance version, romance novel version of uh, cop books, and there's like th- billions of them out there. Oh but, yeah, like, the more fucked up the crime was, the more my mom was into it. There was like a nurse thing. That yeah. yeah 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 right. She could totally handle it. And then it was like in this like very controlled fictionalized way. I'm sure that was very satisfying. Yes. I, oh, man, that's interesting that it's a controlled way instead of a way where it's like a child's life is at stake. That's very interesting. I never thought about it that way. Thank you. It's why I watch uh, CBS every once in a while. <laughs> yes, They got hit shows. They got some hits, baby. NCIS Hawaii. I just Best watched show. that. I just watched it on Monday. Lauren was on. She got oh. the biggest explosion ever on NCIS Hawaii. Oh. She was jumping out of a building and the whole building explodes. I mean, That's fantastic. amazing. Isn't that crazy? Oh, love dream. it. Yep. The dream, baby. Here it is. This is our first uh, story. The Don't even uh, remember where you started. I'm so <laughs> into this conversation. I have no idea what the first headline was. It's the first sext or the first sending news. Ah, uh, yes. Now, oh. this, uh, I found on History Cool Kids, the my one of my favorite, becoming one of my favorite Instagrams. Sure. Um, and so I looked it up. So this article is from flashback.com Scotty I know you yes me your relationship with flashback.com I read that website so many (laughs) times in one day they have sent me t-shirts tote bags book lights to read it at night even though it's a website it is my I am on it all the time I think you said flashback uh, <laughs> love flashback.com, I think. And you've been flown on their jets to their events, uh, right? Yeah. It, it's me, Steve Palmer, <laughs> and we're just cruising around talking about old cool history. That's me. So, and it's also just, you know, flashback.com, no C, because we got rid of the C because f- of the cucks. Yep. Flashback just with a K. The first sex, Sarah Goodrich's Beauty Revealed 1828. This is not credited to any... Oh, wait, here it is. By Karen Strike. Ooh, what a strong name. Ooh, yes. That is a strong a Karen, name. A Karen comes at you one way, but a strike comes at you another way, doesn't oh it? Oh, my God. <laughs> the scariest thing in nature, the Karen Strike. <laughs> the Karen Strike. Um, this is fascinating. So, Beauty Revealed is a self-portrait by the American artist Sarah Goodrich, who lived from 1788 to 1853. Descendants of U.S. Secretary of State Daniel Webster say Goodrich painted it for him. Why is unclear, but we can guess. Okay. Uh, so Beauty Revealed, just so you know, is just uh, Sarah's breasts. And it's just her breasts. Her face is not in it. There's like 
uh, some maybe cloth around the breasts, and it's then it's just the breasts. Absolutely. Uh, and it's tiny. It was like three oh. inches wide. So, oh yeah, so just like an iPhone screen. Yeah. Yes, it's so crazy. <laughs> Robert Remini, in his book Daniel Webster, The Man and His Time, notes that after the death of his first wife and mother to his five children, Grace Fletcher, Webster was frequently the subject of rumors in Washington regarding his alleged promiscuity, many suspecting that the painter, Sarah Goodrich, with whom he had a close relationship, was his mistress. Mm-hmm. Uh, such gossip is hardly undone by Goodrich sending Webster this 2.6-inch by 3.1-inch painting of her naked breasts. The miniature painted in watercolors on a sliver of ivory is Mm. wrapped in a blood red leather case and closed with two clasps. Uh, Webster could pop it out and be reminded of what he was missing. Like Goodrich herself, the painting was a sensual something to have and to hold. And I am confirming that it is, it's a very, it is pornographic. Uh, It is very sensual for the 18 28s. I had no idea they even had breasts back then. Me neither. Uh, yeah, because they were surprising. always so covered up and corseted down and everything, right? Right. I mean, like, this is a bold move. Sarah Goodrich is a baller. Um, this is, and this is even more fascinating. Like, Sarah was horny. There is a, uh, this is the next uh, <laughs> cool. paragraph. Her. She Go made 9,000 paintings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about a third breast? <laughs> what would that Too many. look like? Too many. That's how horny Sarah is. Yeah. Um, the good what way- if my butt cheeks had nipples? <laughs> There's only one way to find out. Hand me that paint very and- small piece of walrus tusk and some red That's paint. That's right. I love that ivory is involved and animal yes. was involved in this as well, everybody. <laughs> and also the ivoriness of it is just like, a, it's also, I think ivory was also used for the first um, dildos as well. So the whole thing has a sexual connotation. The okay. first... Yeah. And <laughs> the, still going, baby. Now, ivory dildo. That would be that oh, would no. be a very unsustainable. Uh, can't give that to a baby We're shower. Not for that. We are not for ivory dildos on this podcast <laughs> at all. No, walrus tusks, maybe, maybe, maybe natural maybe. deaths only. Prove it. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> yeah, show me the photos. <laughs> Here's the dead, dead walrus. walrus. <laughs> Here's the dead walrus. Jerk off with this. Thank you. Um, so that Goodrich chose not to show her face, just her naked breasts, suggests that the image was not for public consumption. To the greater world, the breasts were ownerless, but to the painter and her client, uh, she executed many portraits of Webster. It was a symbol of intimacy. Compare it, for instance, to a painting by San Monte in the library of the Wellcome Institute called Figs Sounds in a good. Tomato. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is just a totally different uh, painter. I thought it was the same painter. That's anyway, okay. this is a crazy uh, painting because it's a couple of pears and a uh, tomato, but then when you just <laughs> slide it open, it's just porn. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> a dude with a rock hard one and a lady wow. like getting, uh, getting it on. Okay. Um, oh. It's just hidden behind it, which is weird because the, uh, the, like the top of the tomato looks a ton like a butthole. So oh, they could have mm-hmm. done that. Um, but then they show the whole clasp and so it's like a li- this little box, and then the top of it is this like pillowy white satin. Okay. The whole thing is very erotic. 
according to this uh, uh, article. And then here's the last quote of it. The author John Updike muses on the picture's meaning in his 1993 essay, The Revealed and the Concealed, what? verbalizing the breast's message. We are yours for the taking and all our lovely all our right. ivory. Yeah, John Updike. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, come on, John. Yeah, we'll get to it. Please. We don't need you to verbalize the Okay, all right. John. So, uh, so this is what I like about this. I like that it was a woman painter. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, do, exactly. I do like it was a self-portrait. Mm. And I, you know, because honestly, if you were like someone else painted it and there was no head, I would be like, come on. But she was like, no head. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want yeah, anybody she... to know this was me. Yeah. Head out of the equation. Yeah. yeah. And that she Smart was move. she was also, you know, good enough to depict her. I mean, you know, we'll never know if this was her idealized breasts or right. her actual breasts. Right. But like I also sure. she was in control. Okay. Yeah. She was absolutely had the agency here. That's right. This is this is a very you know this is like um, uh, this is like sexting the best way possible because I I will tell you that as far like when I think of sexting I think of dick pics. I never yeah. actually think of. And who doesn't want one of those? No one. I do <laughs> believe everyone. I do believe nobody in the history of humanity <laughs> has ever requested one because you don't need to. Nope. You don't no, need to. Just terrifying. They just come at you. <laughs> but also, Arf. what's fascinating is that the first set, the first nude wasn't of a penis. That's, That's right. So shocking. Yes, although as soon as you said ivory, I did picture a tusk so that it, it was phallic. I was just like, it's a breast right. on, a, on a... But uh, I don't know. I'd, like It was so small, it could have just been a section, I guess, of the ivory, yeah, right? It a little a, it's section. a flat. It was a flat piece. And it's yes. so funny that the the man that received this, like it's, it, I agree with you that it, it's like amazing that she was like, I want to send him a forget me not, something that's going to drive him <laughs> wild that he can keep in his pocket, which it sounds like he did. But he was married, right, Kurt? Is that what you no, said? No, no, no. His was... wife had died, so oh, this affair okay. started okay. after his wife was dead. Then you're clear. Then you're clear, clear to look at as many. You boots can do whatever in your you, want. you want. That's right. But it's like, I wonder where he put it at night. Did he hide it? Like, there's no clearing your browser history. There's yeah. no oh, yeah. hiding the DVD somewhere, whatever. Like, it's always been this thing throughout history with, like, these scandalous things where it's like, they found the VHS, they found the porn VHS tape in the VCR. And it's like, where did this guy do it? He probably treated it like like uh, uh, the Ark of the covenant. Yes. He was like, I have to hide this and protect this wherever I go. He would bury it in his backyard, and then when he wanted to look <laughs> at it, he would unbury it, look at it, and then put it back in the ground. I mean, oh depending gosh. on who this guy was, did, did he, I don't know why I say this, I'm like, I, I'm totally doing the wrong time. I'm like, did he have a wig? Could he just put it in his wig? <laughs> good um, hiding spot. I think it is Unless a good hiding convertible. <laughs> Other than that, it's a great place to hide your piano Right, tusk. an I open mean, trolley? Are you an, yeah. o- an open trolley? <laughs> Technically, I think most horseback was a convertible. So. <laughs> Horses are convertibles. <laughs> the original nature's convertible. Okie dokie, I have one for you guys. All right. Uh, Danielle Feltz sent this in. Thank you, Danielle. And Afira, you are born in Canada, correct? You correct. are a Canadian. Canadian through and through. We love that. Well, this is a Canadian story. Picked it for you. This was on today.com, written by Joseph. Give me a kiss, Lamour. <laughs> That's, I put the give me a kiss part in. <laughs> Montreal's number one restaurant on TripAdvisor doesn't actually exist. <gasps> I love what? this. 
Kurt, we yes. love these. Uh, a top-ranking restaurant on TripAdvisor is getting a lot of attention, not because of its imaginative menu, but because it is imaginary. <laughs> on February 1st, the CBC published a report that investigated a listing for a restaurant in Montreal, Canada, called Le Nouveau Duluth. Le Nouveau Duluth, the new Duluth, um, which mm-hmm. turned out to not be real. According to uh, TripAdvisor, which claimed to... Oh, this uh, this entry claimed to serve both Canadian and Delhi cuisines. Somehow, it made it to the number one spot out of 3,678 restaurants in Montreal, which are, are probably real, one would hope. <laughs> According to the report, the top review for La Nouveau Duluth was titled, quote, can't believe this place really exists. <laughs> and most of so the good. five reviewers of the fake eatery left only one review on TripAdvisor, meaning they only left on that restaurant, no other TripAdvisor restaurants. Okay. CBC confirmed that Le Nouveau de Luth was not listed in Quebec's registrar of companies, nor does its brick-and-mortar location exist at its purported spot on the col- uh, corner of Duluth Avenue and St. Denis Street in Montreal. Uh, CBC also asked four neighboring businesses if they had ever heard of <laughs> Le Nouveau Duluth, which is great. This is when the prank so is really great. <laughs> yes. And reporters following up with real people. Let's just have a moment to discuss like the intense shit that is going down in Canada that reporters from the CBC, the Canadian <laughs> Broadcasting corporation Correct. are making this part of their beat you know <laughs> that is yeah, they're following up so beautiful but they're I like just well, imagine in the newsroom <laughs> just like the editor-in-chief be like who is on nouveau Duluth? <laughs> who is on this <laughs> i need four different restaurants in the area who even know who knows saint denis who knows saint Paul? <laughs> um and uh and the nouveau duluth so duluth is a street right in, duluth is, yeah, i know so that street very well street. yes and it's uh one of the neighbors of the fake location <laughs> is yu jung who he was the owner of shop uh de la spot saint denis who said on duluth there are no high ceilings it looks fake great what see <laughs> Boom. That, that that guy is like that guy is your evidence number right he's a detective Wait you a second, young. wait a second. Not only do I not see it out the window, but there are no <laughs> there are high, no high roofs. ceilings. That's so crazy. <laughs> is ceiling interchangeable with roof in Canada or is this Oh is, sorry, you yeah, just I don't yeah, marbles. I mean, yeah, <laughs> roof, ceiling, yeah, same thing. Um okay, so amazing and I lo- I love that this is a concerted effort. I feel like this yes. is a college prank. There's like, you know, three three universities, colleges in Montreal. I feel like people got on that. But what would have made it authentic? Like, were all the reviews mm-hmm. good? The Well, that's a great question. I think I get to that because I think um, here's who did it. Let me get to who did oh, it. Oh, and then okay. we'll get, I think there are some of that. So bef- the ad, uh, the listing was taken down for Le Nouveau Duluth. But it showed four images, two showing the interior of what looked like a residence, one of a sports bar, and the last one of a man. (laughs) That man, comedian Charles Deschamps, happens to be the restaurant's listed phone number, which also uses iMessage, today.com confirmed. It started as a joke, Deschamps said. 
uh, on a radio interview about the listing. The comedian admits it was a prank that started in his friend's basement. <laughs> Love it. Uh, it's so, so it's good. so stupid. It's so good. Like uh, it probably took such little effort to get uh. this thing to go crazy and then just blast it up Trip Advisor. Um, I mean, I want to go on it right now and just leave that really classic one star review, which is like, I had my engagement party here. Yes. And right, it's always ruining someone's yes. engagement or birthday or wedding. And it's not because the food was bad or, right. you know, it's like someone didn't treat them like the person they believe they are. Right. <laughs> or they have to tell you that they've been around the world and they know good cuisine. So they'll be yeah. like, gelato in Duluth. No, I've been to Capri <laughs> and the gelat, and you're like, just get hit by a car. Yeah, get um, go. I, so. I and I I feel like it's in the real. So this is something I remember when I was in high school, we were very into because we wanted to be bad kids, but we weren't bad kids. Uh, we were like we did drugs and stuff like that, which I think in some places would have made us bad kids, but we had very good grades. So we were into <laughs> vandalism, but we didn't Brain. want anyone to get hurt. Oh, you just reminded me of something. Yes. So we we want so we just like I remember me and a couple friends we wa we wanted this idea of constructive vandalism, which mm -hmm. I feel like I don't know if this is constructive, but it kind of makes fun of all the ridiculousness of TripAdvisor, which I highly love because I know so many people with businesses, small businesses that live and die by those yeah. dumb ratings. Mm -hmm. And that's right. And they get someone that is just completely unfair that ruins their re rating and then that affects their business and they're screwed. You just gave me the best segue. So this is why Deschamps decided to pull this prank, which he's he put the fake listing up 10 months ago. Uh, as to why he decided to pull this prank, Deschamps said he finds sites like TripAdvisor to be problematic, claiming that one person alone destroyed a friend's restaurant on social media when they asked 22 people to leave a one-star review just because a wine glass was spilled on a dress. Uh, Deschamps <gasps> oh, no. says that is not the right way to find a good restaurant. And so, yeah, to your point, it's like... yeah. That sound, was that dress was that dress wearer's name Karen Spike because that sounds like Karen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh. <laughs> Boom, he blew them so up. So, how did he get the reviews? Did he just do it at shows? Did he tell people to, at shows to go and review it? Uh, he it said Deschamps said he posted the fake listing ten months ago, and that the reviews came from listeners to his podcast uh -huh. where he had plugged the prank during right. that time. "Quote: We Love didn't it. think that would work, or that so many people would do it, but it was the number one restaurant I in Montreal. That. That's so for great, quite a long time. So it's good. I mean, he just doesn't like it." Uh, according to 2022 TripAdvisor Transparency Report, it says that 3.6 of reviews are fake. Only 3.6% of all reviews are fake. But 100% um... of London <laughs> vote Duluths are fake. I know. That's you know incredible. what? So down the street from my house, there is a, uh, I would say, very average sports bar. Scotty would say above average. I say it's average. Okay. No, uh, I would not. <laughs> you like it. It's, uh, uh, it's the only place to play soccer in Atwater Village. Yes, but uh, and which I do not care about. Mm -hmm. uh, it is. It's a big eyesore because all they do is it's just huge banners, giant so yellow banners. I'm not kidding. Maybe seven to eight across every like possible surface, just being like the Morrison burgers, <laughs> sports, beer. Like it's all these giant yes. ugly banners. Yeah. Best burger in the world. 
it, it literally has from Yelp an official banner from Yelp, biggest banner on the building. It from Yelp says Yelp voted no, number seventh yep. best restaurant in the United in the, States. That's correct. Number seventh in the United States. In the United States, this average sports bar that's amazing corner called that the Morrison. Is, so it's funny that i have noticed that doing a little bit of traveling recently that i'll be like mm-hmm. oh you know what's a good coffee place around or a sure. good restaurant in this neighborhood and yelp comes up always still mm-hmm. first in my search engine which i'm like we got to change that yeah and the stuff that comes up is mostly kind of like fast food or very like accessible mediocre Chipotle yes and I'm like this is not what this was meant for this is not this so this whole thing is garbage which we always knew was garbage but it's all Yelp Yelp it is yeah what was your line the 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 people that you depend on most what is that you had that old punchline about Yelp that it was like never has there been a group of people that you detest more that you rely on more it was yeah, God. something like that oh man that was a joke that i never even recorded yeah that was such a funny line but it's true it's like not it's like everybody that would leave a yelp review you would not want to talk to Ever. in uh-huh. life or or have a meal with especially and, and that you yet, trust them yeah all of us check yelp every single time we're in a new town and we're oh, like yeah. i wonder if the hula hands across from the comfort inn is any good yeah right uh. and then, and sometimes i i grapple with it i'm like yeah, but maybe that 3.5, maybe those people were harsh. Maybe I should find out if it's, you know, like I will <laughs> go to the crappy one. Yeah. Like what, it, or what, whatever, you're picking a 3.7 or a 3.5. What even is this? I, I don't know. But you know what? I agree. I, uh, I wish I could, I wish I could leave a rating on it's true. Le Nouveau de Luz. It's uh, sadly gone. Sadly okay. gone. Uh, in, but I love that. In High school, I will admit. So me and my friends were like, let's do constructive vandalism. This is, yes. I haven't thought about this in a long time. Yes, We did something. We thought, wouldn't it be funny if people woke up in the morning and f- saw that their lawn was mowed? Oh, I love this. Again, <laughs> the most Canadian prank of yes. all time. A service to the community in the form of a prank. So we were like, wouldn't that be hilarious if they woke up and like someone in the middle of the night had done their lawn? So uh, a friend of mine had a push mower because we didn't want to uh, use like electric yeah. or gas because it would sound. But he had a push mower because he, he lived on a farm mm, and uh, old farm equipment and uh, hedge clippers. And so we went to someone's house in the middle of the night we we were like we're the midnight mowers oh, and with it. some soap we wrote cool that name. on their garage window midnight mowers and then my pr- friend put your ass is grass which i was like don't do that but anyways it, it was yeah it. right <laughs> and so yeah, that really is mixed messages. <laughs> totally. What? Grass is grass, and we cut it down and make it nice for you. Okay, Coming for bye. your hedges next. And uh, started mowing this person's lawn, and I was clipping hedges, and uh, the other person was raking the grass. But like within Incredible. three mows, because I was pretty loud, and it's not like the houses were these palatial houses, like bungalows with a lawn. You know, someone just opened up their door and just went, what the hell? And I remember we were just like, go, go! And like running and laughing. like ah! <laughs> Running with a with a, with a manual lawnmower. So heavy. <laughs> so heavy. I love that. When I was a kid, I we grew up, um, I'm from Maryland, and we where I lived was up against a National Guard's 
space. But at the time when I was a kid, so it was about like 100 acres of ponds and trees and streams, very, very undeveloped land. But in the middle, there was an old school for what were considered bad girls back in like the 20s and 30s called Montrose. Which probably just meant like they got caught smoking a cigarette and they were like, she's a witch, send her to this prison jail. But in the middle of it, they had their own water tower. And my friends and I one summer were like, we got to climb that tower and we got to spray paint it. (laughs) And like, here we go. So just getting black spray paint was, you know, we were like 12. So that was very difficult. Mm -hmm. I think we stole some from a shed. And we get there, and then you have to climb. You know, it's one of those things in life that you learn as a young person. And if you're lucky enough to survive, you don't do it as an old person because, like, the climb up a water tower takes a long time, especially when there's a guy above you and a guy below you, and your feet start to hurt because you're wearing skateboard shoes and they have no stability. So we finally get to the top. I would say it probably took five minutes, maybe 10 minutes to climb. And we get up there, and it's an incredible view, and there's just nobody around. Also, nobody was ever going to see this. It was like in the woods. Uh, And so once we got up there, we all realized we didn't have an idea of what to actually spray paint. (laughs) So what do 13-year-olds do in the mid-90s? A peace sign, a yin-yang, and a penis. And I did the I did the yin yang because I was very cool. And yeah, it took a little longer to get the black side all painted in, but it was <laughs> like all of that effort just to do the three lamest things on planet Earth, and then the <laughs> scary climb back down. I oh, hope it's there to this that's, day. It's, I hope it is. The yin yang is the best. I mean, that is, we didn't even the understand uh, cultural appropriation back then, did we? We did not. <laughs> We did. Nineties teens were very yin yang. We were so, <laughs> so yin yang. You know that hemp I have. I I've had like a one night stand with this guy in New York who lived in Soho. All of these words never to exist in my mouth again. Uh, and <laughs> he he was in an artist loft, probably the last one there. And there was all these spray can, uh, spray paint cans, and he sure. said on green street and he said which is now i think all like john vervados and uh, agnes b and and uh, stella mccartney but mm. th- i think even even like you know 15 years ago it wasn't quite that it was fancy mm. but it wasn't quite that and sure. he, he said like do you want to grab some cans and just like go up and down the street and spray paint and i was like Start yeah and i yeah. also i remember like i was the power of the can was so intoxicating, but I did not know what to put. Yes. <laughs> it's a real thing. Like you got to yeah. come up with that first. I, I, I lead with the, the idea. idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, ta- I tagged. I was into tagging for maybe mm. um, three months when I was <laughs> 19 because I'm a bad boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tagged my old high school after I had graduated. <gasps> yeah, I baby. Back and wrote on the side of the wall. <laughs> Because this is a Catholic school. Jesus loves you. Kurt B. fucks you. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's pretty funny. Jesus love you. Kurt B. fucked you. That's pretty good. Jesus loves you. Kurt B. fucks you. (laughs) Uh, 
That's pretty good. <laughs> Had to put my last initial. I was then banned from the school. Wow, you uh, talk about a commitment phobe right from the start. <laughs> yeah. Have fun gnashing your teeth in hell for eternity, bud. I know. I know. Hey, uh, you never right. said you never said Jesus doesn't love you exactly still- that's right it wasn't heresy that's right. True. and i do fuck them so that is so funny yeah it's just facts people <laughs> it's also such an eight to, it was like the summation of like my political beliefs up to which was just like oh, fuck like that was all <laughs> yep i thought about politics yeah I, re- I i do remember i spray painted eat the rich uh, yeah. which because I thought that was really cool. Yeah. yeah, 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 right. Yeah, even though yeah. I was, I was like, oh, please, one day, can I have some money? Yeah, desperately <laughs> striving for money every day. Desperately, exactly. yeah. <laughs> eat the rich. Yeah, me and Aerosmith. Uh, I will tease us into a break here with this one. Female dogs judge their owners when they make mistakes. Ooh. Mm. All right, we'll bark up that tree when we come back on bananas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Folks, we are back on bananas. Scotty, got any shout outs? I have four shout outs. Afira, you can jump in. You know, we're just, we root for people on oh, this podcast. I love it. So, Noah wants to shout out his fiance, Claire Gates. She's in grad school and busting her butt, but Claire is a diehard bananimal, and bananas is her stress relief. So, thank you, Claire. Yay. You're going to do it. Just keep doing it. I love it. Grad school sounds fun. Uh, this one is. So good. Uh, Chantala, I think it's Crins. Chantala Crins wants to shout out her adolescent son who made her a beautiful piece of artwork for Christmas of, you guessed it, the cocaine bear. (laughs) I have seen this drawing or painting. Uh, The bear is wearing a stunning blue suit. It is seated at a table with a stack of cash, a pack (laughs) of cocaine, and cocaine cut lines in front of the bear. Again, Adolescent is hilarious. It's a beauty. They want us to do an all-ages live show. Uh, that will be tough. I got to say, yeah. Curdy yep. and I let it rip at the live shows, and we... I know. That's going to be a tough one. I have yeah. done uh, I've done many a podcast uh, live event, and the ones where they're like, okay, we're going to let kids in, and you're just like, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, you can, but... We're gonna say horrible things. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they, they can come up. in, but they will be. <laughs> and then, and the, the thing where the parents go, "No, no, no, we're cool," and you're like, "Oh, you I are not, think you not gonna feel that way." <laughs> you know, We've had a couple no, young, not that youngsters. Cool. We yep. had a couple. We gave away. We had a. We had like a twelve or thirteen year old. Okay. Uh, I, it's always and they I were awesome. They were totally awesome. 
I'm always in the middle of being like, Jesus loves you, Kurt B. Fucks you. <laughs> and then I make eye contact with like a 12 year old. And I'm just like, no. no. I know. I know. They're going to hear it somewhere. Uh, Camden McMillan. I bet, Camden, I bet you didn't think I was going to do this one because uh, it's been a minute. Wanted to shout out uh, his sister. Darian, who we may remember from the San Francisco Cobbs uh, comedy show last May. And Kurt, we do. Darian came out to La Rocca's Corner, the bar yes. we went to afterwards, and sat right across from us. It couldn't have been more fun and great. Uh, Camden says, she introduced me to your podcast in 2021. Here's why he's shouting her out. Her divorce finally went through at the end of December, and we are all so excited for her. (laughs) Not only that, but she got her driver's license finally, less than a week later, to really solidify herself as an independent lady. Nice. Congratulations. I love it. That's wonderful. You were a great conversation. I I remember exactly who you are, and we were being fed the dumbest shots in North America at La Rocco's. We really were. La Rocco's. That sounds like a fictional bar truly it does Very doesn't fun it yeah bar La oh, it was, fun. It was fun yeah yep before that show bar. if you Kurt and I got to San Francisco it was we were going to do a show in San Francisco and the next night was Portland and we went to this place called Scomas uh which is right on the wharf in San Francisco and we did oyster shooters because mm. we're the stupidest people. Oh, no. But oh, that's no. how we started our podcasting night was doing a couple rounds of oyster shooters <laughs> and eating a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> how, and how did everyone feel? Oh, great. Oh, okay. we love them. Okay. Okay, good. It's yeah, a staple. No, and I love I love oysters, but you know, you're know you playing with fire. Oh, yeah. Just Every single time. start your night with <laughs> oyster shooters, then you're going to go podcast in front of 250 people. It's a bold choice. <laughs> I once, a long time ago, I went to the Grand Central does an oyster. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, crazy. Oyster, oyster fast. Yeah, oyster oh, fast. Oh, yeah. And you oh, pay, wow. you would pay a bunch of money and you could have as many oysters as you wanted. And I am Ooh, definitely get like, I, we were like in the mind frame to get as many oysters as we could. And they were delicious Smart. and it was fresh and it was fun. And I, I think I ate a, like close to 100 oysters. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then yeah, we were like, that. let's go out for vodkas. So then we yes, would. <laughs> but I get that. I get that feeling. That makes yeah. total sense to us. And I will just say um, I was very burpy. And it Whoa, was. That's not good. It was like I would. I was burping like oh, salt pearls. water that you could <laughs> light on fire. Ooh. Our go to bar. Our go-to bar in New York when for a long time was this place called Anyway Cafe, which oh, is on God. 2nd Avenue and 2nd Street. Yes, sir. It's a Russian vodka room. They also have food, but it's like underground. <laughs> they also have food, but no <laughs> but one's ever so in fun. there. The vodka is the main attraction. It's all like infused vodka. Yes. And it's downstairs and there's always like a weird Russian band that's like just keyboards. (laughs) So true. This is so true. And they're all wearing ski goggles. And you're like, why? And it's the weird as ever. We would always sit outside. Uh, literally underneath a, um, a an awning that was like broken and falling onto <laughs> our heads, cold. freezing, freezing cold. cold, smoking freezing cold. cigarettes and just drinking Flavored liters vodka. of flavor <laughs> vodka. Yep, it was uh, del- it was uh, the best memories. I know. Yeah, I remember those nights with you, and it would be like we would just look at this list and be like, how about mint? And you're like, okay, mint. And they would have spearmint in it. And then be like, how about rose? And you're like, oh, and then you're sipping rose vodka. But we were sipping it like it was 
lemonade on a hot day. Yeah. Like then yeah. it's like, how about lemon? And then and then pretty soon you're pepper? like, well, how about pork? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, is there a sausage link in that? It was wild. Uh, I will say, I like, I still love vodka. I that's like one. Yeah, that's, we do too. We're vodka dogs. And I I like it with nothing. Like when yes, I I like it with nothing, and mm-hmm, so uh, nobody wants to give you that. They d- really don't like that. It's a, always a conversation when I, I'll just be like, Whoa. "Hey, can I get like a kettle?" And they're like, Neat. "And as a woman, they hover that cranberry gun over it and look at you. <laughs> they're like, "Come on, baby, guys, come on. <laughs> I know we could drink vodka." They're like, "We we we can't have you do this. I can see that you're on the edge, little lady." Yeah. Uh, we have yeah. Ciroc. Yeah. It's flavored like mangoes. No, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. Kettle yes. neat. Yeah, it's not rocks. my prom. All right. It's not my prom. Uh, <laughs> and last but not least, before we talk more about your projects of fear, I just have to shout out. This isn't even a shout out. This is me shouting out Jesse Zamora, Curdy B. All right. Jesse we talked Zamora. about him once before. Back in 2020, during the Great Quar, when I had the banana phone, if we had a phone that anybody could call and I would talk to him for one minute, and thousands of people called, uh, he called and was like, I'm thinking about entering an ice fishing competition. What do you think? And I said, you have to do this, but only do it if you're going to win first place. Bring home that trophy. And he went and won. And he told us. And we gave him a shout out back in 2020 that he won that ice fishing tournament. Yes. Since then. Jesse has won first place three years in a row. <laughs> he sent a picture of all three trophies and the winning brown trout that he caught. So I'm shouting out Jesse Zamora as the banana of the week for winning, for trying ice fishing, and then three years running, winning. It's called the Three Lakes Fishing Contest, and he dominates. Would you realize that you are the yeast? That person had a dream. But they weren't able to realize it, and you basically mm. were like, "Here, I'm going to give you some steaks. This is the only reason why you're going to do it." And that was what wow. set this in motion. That's wow. why that person is a champion. I just Thank got you. chills. Thank, Thank you. you. Very kind. Thank I do you always that. feel like I'm the yeast to fishing competitions. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> we're just infecting every fishing competition in our own way. Uh, Anywho. Anyway. All right. So, uh, uh, Fear, tell us now about uh, Parenting is a Joke. It's your brand new podcast. Yeah. So, uh, well, much like you, Kurt. I don't know. Do you have any kids? I don't. Okay. Kurt, Curtis, do. You You have none. Okay. So. I have a vasectomy. That's <laughs> how close as I get. <laughs> so do I. Still Woo! possible. Still possible. September. If you, if you yeah. look at those great statistics. So, um, you know, I just, I, I have a child and I just noticed that all of a sudden all these stand-ups around me were having kids when I felt like before that it was very few. And then all of a sudden, and I was just like, what is going on? Like, were we all given some subliminal message of like, we need to create an army. I don't know. I don't know. But this is part of the reason I think it was just that the lifestyle marries so poorly to it that nobody wanted to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Correct. That you would just, or you would just be weeded out. If you did do it, you somehow got weeded out. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, why is this all happening now? And everyone's going through it. And we got like, I gotta, I gotta bring everyone together and talk to them and find out uh, like, (laughs) like what they're up to and how they're making it work with this. Um, with the situation of also being a parent. And I also just think the vision, especially of a stand-up on stage, is a very independent, cool, like no yeah. boundaries, no limitations, night owl. night owl. And not not like, you know, and then I got to go home and nurture a child. Very different feelings. Yeah. So I like, I like that tension hitting each other. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. and it's a very it's it, it's an incredibly um, well researched podcast. Meaning <laughs> the questions you. that Ophira is asking are they're good and they're deep and they're really total fun. pro. Yeah, total super pro. pro. Oh, I saw Kurt this weekend at a children's birthday party, and it was two comedians that have a four-year-old, and it was all comedians mm-hmm. with their sub-five-year-old children. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. It, it won't happen now, but maybe, like, you know, the idea of there being, like, I don't know, a babysitting service at a comedy club, terrible. Don't, don't I don't want this. But it is a workplace. <laughs> it is a workplace. It, it is should a workplace. have one. It is a workplace. <laughs> Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking, talking about, about it. <laughs> All right, here's 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 this uh, article. Female dogs judge their owners <laughs> when they make mistakes. Interesting. Bitch. Right? That's a bitch. <laughs> uh, you said it, not us. <laughs> judge them. Judge them. That is mm. like that is a high level per, a, tr- th- a skill. I'm going to call it a skill. Yes, to judge. Yeah. observational skill. Right, because uh, not being mad and it's not being sad or or it's judging. Mm. Yeah, and it's a very cute uh, picture that uh, the dog is just classic tilt of the head, so super judgy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just looking up the name of the woman. Uh, the woman who sent this in is Stephanie Finer Peck, and there is Great no name. finer Peck than Stephanie. Wow! Thank Go. you for sending it in. Thank you. This wow. was in uh, the classic website Study Finds. Ooh, Study Finds. Um, study Finds, and its tagline is "Research in a Nutshell." So they're fun. Aww. Doesn't make any sense though. Nope. There should be a dog pun in there. <laughs> <laughs> Bone up on this research. Right. Like, just do something. Boning up on research. Uh, no, that's like the tagline for the whole website of oh, Study sorry. Finds. So oh, research pardon in a nutshell. Me. Sorry. Yeah. Did you Female say bone- dogs? What? Nothing. Boning Go, up. Yeah, boning up. Love it. <laughs> Female dogs judge their owners when they make mistakes by Chris Malore, who is... Mm. Obviously, the best in the biz when it comes really to female good, best in the judges. Biz, yeah. mm-hmm. Have you ever caught a dog giving you a strange look after you make a mistake? Turns out they're quietly judging you and your apparent incompetence, at least if they're female, a new nope. study reveals. Okay, I'm uh, calling sexism on this immediately. Bias. I'm calling this is all ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I don't know who needs to take down women from a different angle, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, but doesn't it hint at a higher level of intelligence? Possibly. Okay. I think it does. Now I'm with Kurt. Now I'm with Kurt. <laughs> of dogs. A, uh, of dogs. A you know what? Stop it with that. Dogs. Stop it with no, that. Back Enough. With <laughs> like all these people that are like, oh, I, you know, I'm teaching my dog to talk. Have you seen those like gazillions of videos of people oh, trying yeah. to, or they think their Where dog they push gets... the buttons on the floor? <laughs> yes. Have you seen that? That's crazy too. Uh, Eliza Skinner used to have a joke. Uh, where she would say, talk about the woman who's, there's a video of a woman, this was old years ago, where it's like, I've taught my dog to say I love you. And then she, the dog would be like, I love you. That's real. And then uh, Eliza's joke was like, that's what she thinks I love you sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just this like sad, sad hysterical yelp. 
<laughs> just a drunk man eating a sandwich on the floor. Crying. Basically begging not to be chopped into a million pieces. Uh, it's a murder. That's what happens right before someone dies. Uh, no, right. I think I think this is a, first of all. OK, let's say let's just pretend female dogs, too. Oh, and the female dogs judge you because the male <laughs> dogs are just happy. But the female dogs judge you again. This is all ridiculous. Is there is there science in this? Is there any science? Look, uh, the study is called "Bitches Be Judging," okay? <laughs> but I think it's a very scientific study. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, researchers in Japan have found that female dogs judge people after watching them make an error or act in an incompetent matter. While the mm-hmm. team expl- examined how both male and female dogs reacted to watching people either eat competently or incompetently, okay, results show weird. females stare longer and approach humans who appear competent while opening a container of food. This is fascinating. Quote, dogs are highly sensitive to human behavior and they evaluate mm-hmm. us both they, using both their direct experiences and from a third-party perspective, researchers write in the journal, of beha- behavioral processes. Dogs pay attention to various aspects of our actions and make judgments about, for example, social versus selfish acts. Sure. I want to be a scientist in Japan. This is a great yeah. study. It's got to be one of the top 10. You okay? What happened? Kurt, a bat? What happened? Something flew into Kurt's house. Something? Did you see it? No, I saw you reacting. Something fell down, and I have headphones on, so I can't hear exactly where it fell, but I mean. From a Jesus. flying squirrel. Wait. I don't know. Yesterday, we were, <laughs> we were like having a very stressful day, Lauren Good. and I, and then I'm like, at the peak of the stress that was happening surrounding the day in the attic we heard what sounded like a four-year-old on all fours scamper across the <laughs> ceiling and i was like if there's a fucking animal living in our ceiling it's a raccoon last thing I right need. it's a raccoon I don't know how the fuck he could get up there i uh but it was, sounded like gus ghost it sounded raccoon. like gus got up into the attic oh. and was running on all fours. yeah your ghost yes. child good you got yeah, an ghost extra child. ghost child there's gus and there's ghost that's yeah, your new so one. I got to get up mm-hmm. into a four foot by four foot tall crawl space and shine lights to look for an animal that's going to want to eat. Me. <laughs> and now there's stuff falling on your head. <laughs> yes. And so now I'm like, oh, he's coming to get me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone needs a vodka shot. Mm. <laughs> all Give me a sausage vodka shot. You guys yeah. are on edge right now. <laughs> you know it what? I, I think a dog would judge you. <laughs> I have, I st- I have not had a drink in uh, thirty nine days, and I went to see Archers of Loaf last night, one of my favorite bands ever, and cool. I didn't drink, and it was like going back in time. It was like being in high school and watching oh, a band. Wow, you did dry January, and now you just keep going, huh? I'm doing a hundred days, one hundred yeah. days, mm-hmm. and what do you get at the end? I don't know. <laughs> A I, hug for me. <laughs> Definitely one a hug and a knowing look for me. Maybe maybe just a maybe having lost a little bit of weight and lowering my blood pressure. That is all I want out of it. And then I want to get right back on that train <laughs> and start you, cranking that blood pressure back up. Do you feel like your skin looks amazing? No. I've I drink an <laughs> enormous amount of water anyway, so I That's feel true. like my skin is just kind of the, the same. Okay. All right. So, All right. I've, well, I've I'm proud of you. No, I'm proud too. Thank you. I've experienced no massive life changes. I'll be honest. 
<laughs> to test how dogs react to making to people <laughs> making mistakes, 30 canines sat in front of two actors. Each person had a container of food with a lid on it. The, quote, competent human easily opened the container. Meanwhile, the, quote, incompetent human struggled to get the lid off. Oh, this That's is funny. Dream acting job, by yeah, the way. No, for real. <laughs> this is a totally different study. This is not female dogs judging. This is like the dog. I mean, the dog will eat you, right? Yeah. Sure. Dogs eat when owners die in their apartments. Cats do. I know that. No, cats, I think dogs, dogs don't. I think dogs like guard you and cats eat your face. Yeah. Cats will eat you and dogs will go get somebody. No, the poodles will just good. Like, they'll be like, fine, let's do this. Poodles. <laughs> Poodles it really depends that. upon the level of inbredness the br- for the poodle. <laughs> right. Poodles and Dalmatians. I've got yeah. bad hips and I'm oh. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, after recording the experiment, team found female dogs stared at the competent humans significantly longer than their male counterparts. Mm-hmm. They're also more likely to approach the clever human who got the lid off. Study author believes this shows female dogs can recognize when a person is competent and that this judgment influences their behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, simply put, female dogs see a smart human and want to be around them while avoiding their dimmer friends who can't even open a jar. <laughs> this result suggests that dogs can recognize different competence levels in humans. I wonder why male dogs don't do it. That's that's the crazier part, that the male dog's like, I don't care, he struggled, but I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Unless, I mean, right, yeah. Unless they're just like, you know what, we all know the food's coming. <laughs> one way or another this food is coming whether i wait here for five minutes and watch this dick wad like try to undo yeah. that, that, that that's such a i mean that's an amazing study first of all you can't do anything with dogs without food right that's just like hilarious too it's yes. not like they were like the one who threw the ball couldn't throw you know yeah. it was like no it's opening up their food and of course like <laughs> wouldn't you also just be like why is that person struggling with the fridge go to the one that opened the fridge I also, honestly who would was look cuter. Who was the cuter actor? Mm-hmm. Maybe the guy that fumbled oh. with it was adorable, and You're they were right. like, "I want to stand next to that hottie." Yeah, <laughs> or, or they the, were, yeah, <laughs> right. Or they were just like looking at the other one, like, "Oh, now we're getting entertained by this fun little clown." That's right. <laughs> right. Who doesn't like a laugh and a tail wag? <laughs> oh, we all love a laugh and a tail wag. That's what the name of this episode is going to be. Aww, a laugh, laugh and a, and tail, a wag. tail wag. Ophira, thank you so much for being on Bananas. Love, uh, love you guys. I'm sad that the banana phone it doesn't exist anymore because it's now a banana. It's now a banana shout out right you guys just bring yes. it in bring it in mm-hmm. yeah now we just shout it out but uh nobody picks way, up a is phone there anything else you want to plug if you can they find you on websites or the instagram oh please you can find me on the socials i'm at ophira e or more importantly i'm at ophira on venmo yeah there it is venmo like ophira if you like this episode <laughs> it's under three bucks be cool be cool for once be cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you can go to my website, OphiraEisenberg.com. That is such a mouthful, I know, but Ophira good luck. Eisenberg, good luck to you I all. We'll check it out right now Thank you. when I get off of my <laughs> other favorite website that I have already forgotten. Yelp. With, uh, no C, but a K. Flashback. Flashback. No C. Flashback. Flashback.com. With we got no rid of the cucks. No Cs. Bye. Bananas.
Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.